this afternoon as we prepare to come before the Lord's His table, I'd like us to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 21. Deuteronomy chapter 21. You recognize this as a prophecy of the Lord. Deuteronomy 21, beginning at verse 18. Let us listen to God's Word. And this is on page 231, if you have a pew Bible. If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that when they have chastened him will not hearken unto them, then shall his father and his mother lay hold on him and bring him out unto the elders of his city and unto the gate of his place. And they shall say unto the elders of his city, This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. And all the men of the city shall stone him with stones that he die. So shalt thou put evil away from among you. And all Israel shall hear and fear. And if a man have committed a sin worthy of death, and he be put, and he be to put, and he be to be put to death, literally, and he be given the judgment of death, and thou hang him on a tree, his body shall not remain all night upon the tree, but thou shalt in any wise bury him that day. For he that is hanged is accursed of God, that thy land be not defiled, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. You recognize it, at least by inference, that this is a prophecy regarding the Lord Jesus. The Apostle Paul in Galatians, recorded in Galatians 3.13, says, He that hangeth on a tree is, is accursed. And he said, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. And then he quotes from Deuteronomy chapter 21. <clears throat> this afternoon I like us to consider that cursed is he that hangeth on a tree. And, and so Christ was cursed and he was hanged on a tree. Was it a tree or was it a cross that Jesus hung from? And of course, we would give the answer yes. Jesus, it should not be a surprise to us, was impaled to a tree. He was the second, the last man, the second Adam. Adam transgressed at a tree. Jesus was cursed as he hung upon the tree of Calvary. we just saying he is the man of Calvary. Is it a coincidence that there was a garden where Jesus was arrested? Adam and Eve fell in the garden of Eden. They transgressed at a tree. They, by their sin, brought forth thorns and thistles. And Jesus had a crown of thorns placed upon his head. 
there was a snake that the devil used in Eden. And may I say that the snake was not missing at Calvary as he was inciting many murderers that killed the Lord Jesus Christ. The snake, you remember, said, you will not surely die. The snake was saying that God is not it does not have your best interest in mind. And I surmise that the devil was saying to Jesus, your father doesn't have your interest in mind. But Jesus, you remember in the wilderness, did not allow that temptation to take when he said, turn the stone into bread. Your father's not taking care of you. You're hungry here in the wilderness. He was seeking for Jesus to doubt the love and care of His Father. And He continues to do that with you and me. Let us not believe the lies of the devil. Jesus did not have any help from His Father as He was atoning for our sins. But it was necessary. The sinner in hell has no help from God. He has no drop of water to mitigate His suffering. Christ died for our sins on a cross, on a tree. And I'd like us to look at some implications of the death of Jesus on His cross or on His tree. First of all, Jesus died for sins worthy of the death penalty. Literally, worthy of hell. And that's the context in Deuteronomy 1. They give a sin that was worthy of the death penalty. Though it isn't in, in our um, books today, murder, premeditated killing, is certainly from all time a sin punishable by capital punishment, by execution. The context here is there's one incident where of a sin that's worthy of the death penalty. And then you're given the, the teaching about curse of God upon one who's hanging on a tree. The stubborn and rebellious son is is so incorrigible that the parents just cannot do anything with him any longer. They have been pushed to the limit. They do not have the right of capital punishment themselves to put him to death. But think about how horrible this son must have been this this uh, son who is described here must have been where the parents would take him to the elders of the city and say we can't do anything more with him or for him he will not change <clears throat> and the, the uh, worthiness of, of, of death is that he's undermining the family and in undermining the family, he's undermining the covenant community. And so he's a real danger to, the, to society. And, of course, all of, all of us would say, would we, any of us be here today if the Lord exercised capital punishment on us because of our um, rebellious and stubborn nature? <clears throat> And so you see here that uh, 
this is someone who's incurring a death penalty. So again, literally it says, um, that this person is worthy of death. Read that there in um, verse 22. Someone who commits a sin worthy of death. And again, literally, the word worthy of death is the judgment of death, literally. The word judgment is the word translated worthy. In other words, He's committed a crime. It's the word sin. He's committed a crime, a sin incurring the death penalty. The judgment of death. And every other sin that incurred the death penalty would be involved in this incident. And now you have the the context of the hanging. It says he's committed a sin and is given the judgment of death, he's put to death, then they hang him on a tree. You see the context, and you see how that word is, is, is mentioned. Now, he's accursed, not because he's hanging on a tree. He's hanging on a tree because he's accursed. It's the reason for hanging on a tree. He's accursed because of the reason of the death. He's assaulted God. He's transgressed God's law. He's cursed God. That's what sin is. Not simply because he's hanged on a tree. There are good people that were hanged on trees by evil people. The reason why this person was hanged was because they wanted to make his sin a public example. He wanted to put fear in the community. And so, an example would be a stubborn and rebellious, drunkard and glutton. Parents could do nothing with them. And they didn't have the power to execute this child, this son. Most likely an older child. And so, he's turned over to the elders and they're given, they give him the death penalty. In this case, he's stoned, as it says. Other ways in which they would have put someone to death. Then, the dead body is hung on a tree. And it's an example. It's a warning shot to others. Lest his sin is repeated. It should be a a deterrent to someone committing similar sins. And then, his body is not to remain all night at sundown we're told that they were to bury him but the reminder is that he that is hanged is accursed of God again not because he's hanged but because of his sin because of his the reason for his hanging but they were not to hang a body a dead body unless that person was executed and so you can imagine there have been some societies that have done the very same thing They may have hung a person to death and then kept his body. There have been leaders of countries that have had, as far as I remember, Mussolini was caught with his girlfriend in Italy and he was uh, dragged through the streets and then he was hung with his mistress for all to see and the fear of God to fall upon the land. 
But what's being taught by inference in Scripture, Jesus died for all of us who deserved the death penalty, the second death. We deserve the wrath of God. We broke His laws. We put our fist in the air and said, we don't want you to rule over us. Do we understand the nature of our sin, the sinfulness of our sin? We transgress on purpose. We stepped over the line and dared God to judge us. Jesus died for sins worthy of the death penalty, for He was hung on the tree. Our sins were imputed to Him, and He was publicly hanged. Just let that sink in. But notice the difference as we compare what's taught here with what happened to Jesus. Jesus was alive when he hung upon the tree. This is clearly teaching they were not to use impalement as a form of death. Now, we're not given all the information about all the hangings in the Bible, but I can say this much, that Many of the hangings are explained to be after death in the Scriptures. Jesus was alive when He hung upon the tree. And He wasn't hanging by a rope. He was impaled to the stem, to the tree, to the cross. Why is it that five times in the New Testament His place of execution is called a tree. Most of the time it's called a cross. Five times the scripture indicates that Jesus died on a tree. Acts 5.30 Ye slew and hanged on a tree. Acts 10.39 They slew and hanged on a tree. Acts 13.29 They took Him down from the tree. 1 Peter 2.24 He bare our sins in His own body on the tree. And of course, Galatians chapter 3 Cursed is He that hangeth on a tree. Clearly indicating the Lord Jesus who was made a curse for us. But the Bible says He died on a cross. He bore His cross. We're to take up our cross daily. They stood by the cross of Jesus. The preaching of the cross is to us the glory of God. The death of a cross. He endured the cross. Now what's the difference? There really isn't one. I believe that the reason why the tree is mentioned because they want us to see the connection with Deuteronomy 21. That Jesus chose a tree to be impaled on because He wanted to show us clearly that He was accursed of God for our sins, not for His own. Now, the word cross does not necessarily mean a cross beam. It sounds that way in English. But there may well have been a cross. But I think that the top uh, 
perpendicular piece of wood was that which held the title. This is Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. I can't be dogmatic about this, but it didn't necessarily need, need a cross beam. We always seek Jesus like this. But they very well could have impaled his hands above his head on the very same stem. And the cross part, if there was one, would have just simply given his the, the accusation of his crime. And Pilate would say the accusation is that he says he's the king of the Jews. But the word stauros is the word cross. It comes from the stem histemi, which means to place or upright. It simply means um, an upright stake. That's all it means. It doesn't mean cross like we think. It means an upright stake. It may have been. It may have been a cross. I'm not saying it wasn't, but there's nothing in the language that demands a cross beam for his hands to be nailed to. But the point is that five times the tree is mentioned because the Lord wants us to see that sin is a curse upon us. That God curses those who sin and do not have redemption through the blood of Jesus. It's not just simply that God dislikes. He curses sinners who dare to live and die without Jesus Christ. The Bible says that those who are lost are under the wrath of God right now. A lightning bolt is above their heads. And they know it not. It's a a terrifying thing. Jesus was alive when He hung upon that tree. And think of this, brother and sister. The Godhead chose the Day of Atonement when the hanging was a live impalement. Much of history before that, the impalement was after death. And again, the word... For gallows, for instance, in Esther 5:14 and 7:9 is simply the word wood or tree. Gallows we think of as a rope hanging. Again, I'm not going to be dogmatic and say there was never a hanging involved in the Old Testament dealing with rope. But I would I would venture to say that most of the hangings are impalements, not rope hangings. But just like Jesus was impaled, He hung from a tree, not by a rope, but by spikes in His hands and His feet. And it's very possible, probable I would say, that Haman had a spike hanging from that wood that he wanted desperately Mordecai to be impaled to. And he had poetic justice. We have the baker hanging. Remember? Joseph said, your head will be lifted up and you'll hang upon a tree. Genesis 40 verse 19. This may have been an impalement. It doesn't say. The king of Ai, Joshua 8.28, was hung on a tree. 
the Philistines had slain first Saul and Jonathan, the sons, but then they hung them in the pale in the in the uh, the gods' temple. Now it does speak about them hanging their harps on trees. Psalm one thirty-seven, verse two. But Joshua killed five kings before he hung them on five trees. Joshua 10.26 So if, if history is the precedent, then this is recording the fact and Deuteronomy shows what Joshua uh, understood that in military settings they were to kill first before they hung. Ishbosheth you remember, was slain by two men, and David slew them first and cut off their hands and their feet, and then he hung them as an example to the rest of society. Absalom was hanging in an oak. He wasn't impaled. Jeremiah laments in Lamentations 5.12 that princes were hanged up by their hands horrible sight in the city of Jerusalem when the Philistine or the the, um, the Babylonians came through and slaughtered. So most likely these are not men whose hands are hanging from a rope, but whose hands are impaled. The trees. You remember when there were conspirators against the life of King Ahasuerus? Mordecai let Esther know that these men were slain and hanged. And then Job uses the same word in Job 26.7. He says that the Lord hangs the earth upon nothing. But we're told that the Lord Jesus was alive when He was impaled. And so were the thieves. And history tells us that the Persians later on began to choose that this would be a, a suffering, a torturous way of dying. And the Romans perfected it to the point that people could be, on, uh, could be crucified for days before dying. You see, they had to break the legs of the men so that they would die. But they could have been left on for days and asphyxiate to death. But Jesus was taken down the same day because the Sabbath was the next day. Again, there's no evidence that the Romans required the bodies to be removed before sundown. Often the crucifixion lasted several days. But the Jews required the bodies to be taken down because of the Sabbath that was following The thieves' death was hastened by breaking their legs, but Jesus' death happened because He commanded it. The Bible says, when He said, It is finished, He gave up the ghost. He released His Spirit. Not suicide, but in the sovereignty of His divine nature, He gave death permission to take His soul. Death needed the permission of Jesus. Death needed the command of Jesus to take his soul.
What a Savior. Even poised and powerful to the very moment of His death. Nevertheless, though He was in absolute command, Jesus was made a curse for us by the sacrificial death called even the death of the cross by Paul in Philippians chapter 2. Galatians 3.13 says He became a curse for us. The word became is literal. It's used of, of us becoming believers. It's, using of, it's used of the water turning into wine. He did not... It was not merely symbolic that He was a curse. He was actually cursed by God. What does that feel like? Well, Jesus tells, a little, tells us a little bit what that feels like. Why hast thou forsaken me? Forsaken is a word used of those that are in hell. They're forsaken of God forever. It's a permanent separation. Jesus has not prepared a place in heaven for lost sinners who die without Christ. He's prepared a place. As the Bible says, God has prepared the lake of fire for the devil and his angels. And Revelation tells us that those who die without Jesus, whose names are not written in the book of life, will be cast alive into a lake burning brimstone. Jesus, though, was a sinless, good and great man. He was cursed because He was made sin for us. And that that symbol of the curse was taken by Him as well. How shall He die an atoning death by the imputation of our sins? How shall He die? Not by stoning, but actually and symbolically by impalement. Even the death of a cross. A cross death. A cross, as it were, that caused death. What a Savior is our Lord Jesus. He was made a curse for us that the curse might be reversed and that we might become a blessing to God. This is serious. This is solemn. This is sacred. Oh, sacred, oh, sacred head, now wounded, with grief weighed down. As we come to the table, let us remember the man of Calvary who was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. He was impaled for us. We deserve the death penalty, the second death. But Jesus was made a curse for us because He wanted to redeem us from our sins. Oh, brother and sister, let this melt our hearts as we, as we now get in the, the shadow of the cross. Lord Jesus, why can we read these things and be so unmoved, so untouched? Lord Jesus, we know that You don't want us to feel sorry for You. You are, you are resurrected and ascended to heaven and seated at God's right hand. You've been coronated. But Lord, our hearts are so cold and so hard 
We want, Lord, to be softened as we are under the shadow of the cross. Lord, thank You for saving us from a permanent separation from Thee. Lord, we can't hardly imagine for a moment, for a minute, what it is like to die unsaved, to become a curse, to feel the curse of God forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Permanent separation. Smoke of our torment rising forever and ever. Help us, Lord. Draw near to Thee. We we will examine ourselves. If there's any sin in us, reveal it, Lord. and Forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank You, Lord, for such shame and ignominy, such pain, such an obvious curse. You are hanging. What we really see is our own embarrassment. What we deserve to be on display for assaulting, transgressing God. And You had to pay for it. You restored that which You took not away. Thank You, Lord Jesus. Bless us, please. Bless us in this small, in this short, yet sacred time. It's a means of grace. We need Your grace, Lord. Please. Pour in Your grace. Saturate us with Your grace. We need Your grace to live the rest of this day and to go into the world and to be warning shots. Our sins have been removed. Our sins have been paid for. But what about theirs? Oh God, help us to see sinners in trouble with God. Under the wrath of God. Daring to die unsaved. They're so deceived. The devil would comfort them on their deathbeds that all is well. They know not that the flames of hell lick at their feet. Hear us, please. Oh, send revival, Lord. Save sinners. We pray. In Jesus' name, Amen.